The reading is taken from Exodus chapter 13 and can be found on page 62 of the Church Bibles. Exodus chapter 13, verses 17 to 22. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was nearer. For God thought, if the people face war, they may change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people by the roundabout way of the wilderness towards the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of the land of Egypt prepared for battle. And Moses took with him the bones of Joseph, who had required a solemn oath of the Israelites, saying, God will surely come to you, and then you must carry my bones with you from here. They set out from Succoth and camped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. The Lord went in front of them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them along the way and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light so that they may travel by day and by night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May I lead you in a short prayer. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the gift of your holy word. Create within us pure and holy contrite hearts that indeed this day and all days we might discern your holy presence. For Jesus' sake, amen. Thank you for the reading. If you'd like to keep your Bibles open, page 62, I think it was. I'm very grateful to Roland for this uh, lovely series on the desert, which is appropriately uh, styled to help our reflections through Lent. And it's my great privilege to look at uh, parts of Exodus 13. And I've chosen to reflect it under the heading of guidance. How can we sense and to hear God speaking to us. Without wishing to steal anyone's thunder for the next of the few series, uh, just getting my head around this subject of the desert, I really should feel, I have to say to my dear friends, that if there are a couple of books on the desert that you really should read before you die, uh, these are they. The really annoying thing is I can't find them on my bookshelf to wave. It's got lost in the move or I've lent them to someone. Uh, But I've already recommended one of them once to someone at All Saints and they saw me the following week and said, oh, yeah, that that really is a good read. It's like if you're at the pub to someone, they say, you really must try that drink and you go, oh, wow, yeah, I see what you mean. It's that kind of experience. I can see not many of you go to the pub very often, judging by your blank looks. (laughs) Streams in the desert. It kind of takes you by the scruff of the neck spiritually, 
and it gives you a short reading uh, each day of the year. Streams in the Desert, you'll pick it up off Amazon for three or four pounds. A slightly higher brow uh, reflection from dear Rowan Williams, Honey Cakes and Silence in the Desert. It became a bestseller. Much of his writing is opaque and dense and not easily understandable, but this particular one really is worth a read. I'll be referring a little bit later on to the Desert Fathers. It's not that there weren't Desert Mothers, it's just how uh, Christian theology in those days was written. And Roland's book uh, speaks about gaining wisdom from the desert. It's well worth a good read. First of all then, without further ado, guidance in the desert. And you've heard this lovely reading where God appears to his people on the eve or on the moment just before the great climactic act in the whole of the Old Testament, the Exodus itself. And he's guiding his people up to that point of deliverance. Probably even just worth pausing to reflect, perhaps in our own lives or in helping other people. Uh, you'll listen to a narrative which goes something like this. Well, if only God would just deliver me from that, would sort that out, then of course all will be well and I'll be able to hear him. In this particular story, God's guiding his people carefully to the point of deliverance and freedom. And it comes about by a cloud and a pillar of fire. The cloud by day and the fire by night. This is the first time God's decided to disclose himself to his people like that. He's God, he can choose when to reveal himself to people, and he can choose how to reveal himself to people. The fact that on one particular occasion he decided to speak through a donkey, it doesn't mean that every time you want to hear God speak, you need to go to an ass farm. Okay? God principally decides to speak to his people through the person of Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament dispensation, for the first time it was a cloud and it was a pillar of fire. Three times later in the book of Exodus it happened that way, recorded again in Numbers, also in Deuteronomy. And this particular picture of how God decides to be with his people to show himself is picked up in the, Old in the New Testament as well. It's not that donkeys aren't important to hear God speaking to you. It's just that in the Old Testament, when God chooses to speak, he makes his presence known like this in this particular way. Perhaps there's something to be learned, that if we want to be delivered from something, what's our exodus moment? What's our point of real freedom and celebration to gain the promised land with God? Maybe we'll need to be humble enough to listen to him how to get there and not play that double-minded game while I'll listen to God when he's sorted this out. There's got to be a first time for everything. So how is God going to speak to you? mustn't overplay the donkey, but I expect it's not going to be through a cloud or a pillar of fire. But for God's people then, this was the first time God spoke in this particular way. 
on my family WhatsApp group, I had yesterday a text from my eldest son who said, lol, done my first car crash. I knew the context. He's done three advanced driving tests with the police force. The last but one, he's legally able to drive at 160 miles an hour. Whoa! (laughs) The next one is to be taught to how to crash into people who are running away from others when the springers, you know, the things they put across the road don't work. And you actually have to drive into someone to crash them off the road. Proud father and all that, all the dodgem cars at the fairground paid off. First time for everything. First time for everything to hear God speaking to you. First time you wake up in the morning. Most Christians and psychologists would say you start as you mean to go on. You hear from God at the start of the day. It's the first time to hear from him. Maybe you stretch in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I'll be down later, darling. The Holy Spirit's got me. (laughs) Maybe it's at the start of the week, the Lord's Day, the first day of the week. Maybe it's at the start of Lent. How is God going to be speaking to you? Maybe it's at the start of a new season in your life. How particularly is God going to be speaking to you? It's not, and I hope this is not the case, that my son's going to get used to ramming people off the road. But if God's going to speak to us, it would be wise and discerning of us to learn how that might be. Because just like the pillar of fire and the cloud were those constants in the life of Israel throughout the bulk of the Old Testament and their early history, so it will be also with his people now as he learns, as we learn, to have him speak to us. How might we learn or sense God speaking to us? Clearly, there are the scriptures But there is, according to the voice of Jesus and indeed the scriptures, a voice of one calling in the desert. Who's that referring to? John the Baptist of old. There is a voice of one calling in the desert. The wisdom in terms of guidance, listening to the voice of others. Maybe this says more about me than others, but sometimes you can listen to people And you think, actually, I know what they're saying, but this is more about them than them listening to me. It's always wise to find someone whom you're asking for advice from who is not thinking about themselves. There's a voice of one calling in the desert, that's the point, the desert place that you're in, saying, Jesus, as John the Baptist did, pointing away from himself, and pointing to Christ. Listening to reflections uh, recently about someone who's been involved in public ministry, uh, Christian ministry, for over 50 years, and they were asked, what would you do if you had your time over again? 
this Christian leader is, to my mind, already pretty impressive. And I kind of think, I want to hear what he's got to say. I would listen to older people, he said, and from their wisdom of life, unfettered and unhindered by their own agenda. Their only agenda, like John the Baptist of old, is to point people to Christ. Whatever the desert is, whatever the life transition is, whatever the sense of barrenness, whatever the sense of within you that you're feeling, I just would like to hear God. For the first time you might be able to recognise his voice or you might be able to trust someone who can listen to you, listen on behalf of you to your question. A voice of one calling in the desert. And then thirdly, the other way of seeing this particular issue of seeking guidance in the desert, this might be classically counterintuitive, but I feel led to mention it. The Spirit himself, who clearly is walking with God's people then, the fire and the cloud guiding them, this same Holy Spirit sometimes takes God's people and says, I'm going to take you and send you to the desert. So if you remember, Philip the Evangelist is told by the Spirit, go to the desert, go to the south road, go to the desert place, and you will find there a treasurer, a finance officer, an Ethiopian eunuch. And by going to the desert place, you will enable other people by your ministry to them to be blessed. It's not that we should always choose the hard or lonely or desert road, but just sometimes God calls his people to go to lonely places, to go to desert places, to go to places ourselves where we might be uncomfortable And there we receive his presence and we will be enabled, like Philip was of old, to be a blessing to others. Of course, if we're to receive guidance in the desert, we'll receive the voice of someone in the desert. This is how to find Christ. We might even be called to go to the desert. But there is something most profoundly of all, of course, that we receive life itself in the desert. The Lenten journey, of course, is the same journey experienced by Christ himself, 40 days and 40 nights in the desert. Filled with the Spirit, he goes to the desert. 40 days later, he comes out of the desert. Luke's very clear. He goes into the desert, filled with the Spirit, and he leaves the desert in the power of the Spirit. There's no chastisement. There's no one, I've done something wrong that I'm in this desert place. This barrenness, this feeling that I have, is not because I'm being punished, or I've done something wrong. I'm just in the desert. Jesus was, he was filled with the Spirit. He left the desert in the power of the Spirit, and all the time... The fire and the cloud of God's presence was what was with the word of God through which he learnt great dependency.
so too with us. Whatever it is, the fire or the cloud, to receive from God his most precious word, that's what keeps us going and sustains us, perhaps even gives us spiritual power that we'll get from nowhere else. Uh, Before we have a period of silence and reflect on these things, let me conclude with a a reflection. I hope this is helpful. I've always just referred to Rowan Williams, who I do think is a kind of masterclass in Christian theology and reflection in recent times. But actually there's someone who I would venture to suggest pips him. The top of Harvard theological education multiple authorships and uh, acumen teaching around the world. And this great spiritual guide and man of God said he learnt more about God by working with and living with a community of disabled people. The cloud and the fire, great pillars of theological learning even from the brightest and best institutions of our country, and perhaps the cloud of God's presence from living with people who are disabled in every way, shape or form, and he discerned through them something of God's presence. I'll give you a fiver if you can tell me the person's name after the service. Not that I've got anything on me. I'll have to owe you. One or two of you might know the person I'm referring to. Do you see what I'm saying? God's presence comes to us in so many, so many ways. Might be through a donkey if you're lucky. Might be through the sermon this evening. It will certainly be through the word of God. And as our hearts are open to him, and the desert places that we necessarily have to inhabit in our own lives, his presence will come, saying, walk in this way. Perhaps you need to listen to the voice of one calling in the desert. Be humble enough to ask. Perhaps you need to go to the desert place out of obedience to the cloud and pillar of God's calling. Let's be still and I'll lead you in a prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, you don't give us a map for our journey, but you do give us a travelling companion, namely yourself. Please walk with us in our lives at the start of each day when we're wanting to make decisions. Help us to discern you in all our ways. We pray this not just for our own lives, but for the blessing of others, and that Jesus Christ himself will be glorified in his world. For his dear name's sake. Amen.